0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Campbell Academy podcast, Nothing But The Tooth, with me, Colin Campbell. This is the podcast where we try to interview some different and fantastically inspirational people from all aspects of the world. And today, I'm going to be chatting with Gurmit Samra.
1: It dawned on me like I always looked at MTV base as a platform with pro- professional things and you know professional projects. And then I realized, you know what? Maybe there is something for me to create. It is not so unattainable. I can reach that far. Going back to the idea of television, I didn't think it was made for people like me because I never saw people like me on TV. I didn't see people behind the scenes of names of cast and crew of Asianness. That's why I thought it was unattainable. But as soon as I got that little benchmark, I was like, okay, what's next?
0: In this episode of the podcast, I had the opportunity to interview and speak to Germit Samra, who we've known for a long time as the video guy at the practice who comes and does the videos. But Germit has the most extraordinary backstory in his life, through the experiences that he's had and how he has reached the sort of position that he finds himself in, where he has now been touted by and, and courted by some quite big studios to make movies after the success of his film on Amazon Prime. You know, the success of the film get gone but Gourmet wants to talk about sort of his journey to there and what we love about Gourmet is his atypical journey to where he's gotten to because I think that so many people try to follow a typical route and and I hope that you'll see from this that following an atypical route is sometimes much more effective and also much more rewarding so um, I hope you enjoy Gourmet. Hi everybody just before I introduce our, our guest again properly for today I start asking questions i just reflecting on the fact that I think our blog is now at 3,000 um 500 posts on a daily blog. And so when I started at at number three on the podcast, it's number three of, of however many thousand that we get to do. But today, and all hosts and inverted commas of podcasts will always say it's with great pleasure and it's such a privilege to have, but it is a huge privilege actually to have an opportunity to talk like this to our guest today, who's Gurmit Samra and, Germits works with us closely on video editing. But hi, Germits, thanks so much for being here. Well, I'm going to explain how we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when did we first meet? Can you remember?
1: It was at your old practice over in West Bridgford, more inside. West yeah. West. Who introduced us?
0: So it would have been Adam. So Adam Hampson. Yes. Um, so yes. and I worked together a lot on website construction, and he said at one point, "You've got to meet this guy because to do some videos and." Mm. Uh, I'm thinking this is five, six years ago, potentially. You can tell Easily me that six, in the timeline. Years six years ago. And so we came to the bungalow and started to help us with some video mm-hmm. capture mm-hmm. when everybody started to go nuts for of video capture for websites around that sort of time. That's yeah? right. Yeah. You were pretty ahead of the curve then, yeah. Yeah, we didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing to talk about because we always think that we are way behind the times. Mm-hmm. So you always feel that you're chasing after an invisible avatar. Mm-hmm. And so we met there and, that, and then just struck up a a sort of ongoing as we needed you we would ask you to come and help us to do some stuff yeah but what was and I guess the reason we end up here is that after all that time is that what struck me from very early on was just your absolute love of what you do which to you is entirely normal because if you didn't love it you would do something else Mm, Totally. but that's instinctive to you and that's not instinctive to 85% of people. I
1: think you, you've got to enjoy what you do. You, you've really got to, if you're going to do something, you've got to give it 100%. I remember meeting you for the first time. I do remember that conversation is coming back to me now. And it, what we do in press is we, we, we get to meet, We, we you know, work. I started in so My first ever video was a, a video practice. But now we just work across numerous sectors. But when I got introduced to yourself, it was interesting meeting you because I'd probably worked with 10, 15 dental practices before I met yourself and you just struck me as somebody different. And that has stayed consistent throughout the years as well. In the sense that, I'll give you an example. Usually when I used to first sit with dental practices, a principal dentist, they'll be like, yeah, we need a video let's say for example it was going to cost £1,000 they'd be like oh, I could do it for £600 I do it for £700 and it really knocked me down on the price and this was consistent with principal dentists all over the place all over the Midlands that's when we were first focusing before we went national or international but when I met with yourself it was like okay we priced everything up it's going to cost X you're like fine let's do it and I was like I was waiting for you to knock me back on the prize. I wish I'd known that. <laughs> no, but I'll go okay, back to those other principal dentists. They were like, okay, it's going to cost a £1,000, for for example. They'd say, do it for 700 then they'd go jump in a Range Rover and they'd go on a holiday for three weeks. Yeah. But what I fast learned about you, Colin, and one thing that I admired right from the start was that, you know, it was all about brand. Your brand was really important. And everything within reason, if everything was justifiable, you'd back it a thousand percent. And that has always... That's transcended all the way till this very day when we do projects, we, we, we talk about the approach, we talk about the pricing and the costing and you say, you know what, that, that makes sense. You've got a team of people now who all have their input. And, and that's something that I've always in mind about doing business and work more importantly with yourself and your team.
0: So what we try to do in all these episodes three of the podcast that we've done so far is speak to people who we think are inspirational people to give people an insight into what inspirational people do, what the habits are, how they work. Now, Germit has his own uh, video production company called uh, Impress Video, yeah. which is based in Derby, which yeah. I know now because he's been kind enough to let my son under the hood as work experience and he's been, and Callum has annoyed you on many days now. No, I no not all. I owe you Fernando's today actually, well. <laughs> and, um, but it now crosses across lots of industries, he'll pr- provide video expertise, editing, construction for, for guys that are very heavy on social media. He'll do stuff for commercial. He'll do stuff for healthcare. He'll do stuff across his team. he will do stuff across a whole range of topics, but he's also a massive creative influence and we'll go back into his, his past history of employment, which I have managed to pick up bits of in past conversations that we've had, hoping that he hasn't noticed. but the one thing that I suppose the showstopper is, is get gone, isn't it? Mm. So that's the, this is Garmet. He's the guy that, that funded, produced, wrote directed and acted in the Amazon Prime movie, which uh, last hit had 1.4 what, what million views. We don't know. What did you, when did your last look? What did it have? I thought it was over, a million, over right. a million hits, yeah. Right. So if you have Amazon Prime, you go onto Amazon Prime, you get gone. Yeah. And, and there's a movie which Gunnar produced. Well, as I say, produced, funded, directed, wrote...
1: Big bored and pleaded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We <laughs> raised
0: the funding for that movie. Yeah. So I have, I, I was a bit remiss in not getting to it as quick as I should. Callum and I, Callum watched it first and we watched it again together. It is an extraordinary bit of work. And I'm not saying that because you're here, because if I'm honest, I thought, do you know what? I want to watch it to support you and I'll see how you do. But I know like it was 56 grand and then another, it was a hundred and toll, wasn't
1: yeah. it? That's right. Yeah.
0: Right. So for you can't make a film for that much. It's got it's any worth really. I'm sorry. That'd be rubbish. And I watched it and, and it was beautiful to look at because I understood the background of it and what was happening but the story is extraordinary and you have to watch it I clearly will not be giving anything away here no, about but thank the plot, you thank you right honestly I, I I literally was sat at the end going shit right and and there's very few films that ever do that mm. I just did not expect how I would feel or what it would be like at the end and I, I'm big into movies and I love movies and I love all types of movies but I but that was extraordinary and now you know so now you I know that you're in discussion come to this maybe further on with some pretty big hitters about doing some pretty big things and that's extraordinary but we'll talk about the pros and cons of that in a minute but that's I feel that your massive enthusiasm in your work I I honestly feel that you embody the spirit of what we believe here which is I'd rather be good than rich and if I start by trying to be rich I'll never be good but if I start by trying to be good I'll end up rich because I might not be financially loaded but I love what I do in terms of how you got to this point of being the guy who is effectively. The get gone guy right i don't want you to be saddled with that for the rest of your life because <laughs> you're into the difficult second album is um tell me take me to the start of why you like movies and video
1: I, I didn't know it was available to me i didn't know film making films and telling stories was available to people like me i'm british Mujabi, a british indian a Sikh. but as a kid i used to always look at my brother's vhs tapes and I'm an 80s baby and my brother was in the 70s. So I used to have an appreciation for for films way back then. But I used to always get these VHS tapes and watch 18, 18 films, 15 films when he'd disappear. And I'd, I'd just be fascinated by that world. But again, I didn't know that world was available to me. And it was only when I was studying IT university that I was getting just barely scraping through, just fell into IT by accident. And I'd finished my HND, it was, two-year Two-year HND yeah. program, and then I had the option to do my degree, and that was another year top-up. But at the same time, I I, I was modelling. As, as, as many moons ago, and they wanted me to dance on catwalks and do performances and stuff like that. So I, I connected with some old friends and somehow got involved in theatre. Nancy's looking at me, thinking, "This guy I'm model." But <laughs> but I started doing theatre and theatre plays in Derby local, locally. And we got involved in music, we got involved in sound, movement and acting. And it was there that I was a part of this scheme. It was Black and Asian development for unrepresented minorities on television and theatre. Well, theatre at the time. But there was a mentor there called Shabs. And she said to me, I want to take you to Manchester to become an actor. I think you'll you've got a great talent for it. And at the time, I knew that 99% of actors were out of work. It's just a given criteria. but Being Asian, I'm going to be even more out of work. Yeah. Uh, but what I'd really like to do is learn how all this put together. And Shabs, I don't know what she saw in me. She goes, well, you're going to go to university and do this. And then I had to do another two years at university doing sociology and film and TV production. And that's why my grades just went from like D's and E's to A's and B's. And I just obsessed over it. I remember walking past this cupboard where they'd have all this technical equipment. You'd have the cameras and lights and I'd walk, people would walk past that cupboard thinking, oh, I've got to take equipment out to film a project one day. I walk past that cupboard every day thinking, you know what, I'm walking past four or 500 pounds of resources every day. And I'm not, I'm missing that. It's like walking past 500 pounds on the floor every day. So what I do is I just take it out. And I'd just toy around with it. I'd be that guy who's obsessing about the shot types and compositions and then editing. And I remember they had this edit suite and I was just there 24 seven, just editing, just learning about editing. And this is the old max and where we had to get books out. It wasn't a case of going onto Google. And googling how to do this, and how, it really was sitting with technicians, sitting with other people, learning best practices, and I really geeked out, and I immersed myself in, the, in that world. So I, I remember making this music video. I got asked because people knew I had access to this equipment. They get, would you like to direct a music video?" And and I was like, "Yeah, great, I'll do it." What's the fee? They said fifty pounds. And. I said you've got to start from somewhere, so I was like, let's do it. And then I started directing it. I realized that fifty pound was going for food for everybody else on set, so really I got nothing. But uh, that was a great experience to be asked to direct something. We did it in a shop with this white backdrop, and I, I remember I I I edited. I asked some friends to come down and be in this hip hop video for Alex Alex Blood. His name is a great artist still around today, and independent. And we made that, and then I left it alone, and I carried on being at university and, and, and in my final year, and. And I remember I got a call, some like six months ago, and said, "Hey, G, short for gourmet that music video you directed is now on MTV Base." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit!" Did I say that word? Yeah, you... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, That cost fifty pounds, which I didn't even get. But now I was on, and then it, it dawned on me like I always looked to MTV Base as a platform with pro- professional things and you know professional projects, and and then I realised. You know what, maybe there is something for me to create. It is not so unattainable. I can reach that far. Going back to the idea of television, I didn't think it was made for people like me because I never saw people like me on TV. Yeah. I didn't see people behind the scenes of names of cast and crew of Asianness. So I, that's why I thought it was unattainable. But as soon as I got that little benchmark, I was like, okay, what's next? But when I finished my course at university, they asked me if I could stay on and teach the students, because I was geeking out that much. And I was always a January starter. So I'd never really connect with classes of September where you're supposed to start. I knew a lot of the people as fellow students. So when I was in my first year of teaching, they were all my friends, so to speak, from different years. And we had such a laugh. But I lectured television and film production for a number of years. And then by, by accident, people would come to the college and the university where I'd lecture and they said, do you know anyone to create stuff for us? Anyone who can make some promos and, and I started creating things for people and getting paid. And once I realized how much they were charging, I was like, this could be something, so I worked part-time and I made productions part-time and that's how the ball started rolling. When did Impress start? Impress was first called Milligo and that the philosophy behind that was over 10 years ago, yeah, well over 10 years ago. And I was a freelancer, I'd get a camera, I'd go and film, I'd come back and edit and deliver. And then the next project, and Milligo, the philosophy behind that was to go help a million clients. You might say that's think it's more, but I decided to change the name because I started to get invited to do keynotes. And the first thing people would say is, when did you start Milingo? When did you start Milligo? And I was like, it was baffling me that I was the conversation starter where I just wanted to set out what we did. And and one of the key words, not to sound too cliche, but a lot of clients would say, we're really impressed. It's impressive. Your work's impressing and um, it makes an impression on us. So impress is where we got that name and it was a collective thumbs up from the group, a uh, small team of people that I work with. And, and that's, and that's when we started rolling with the word impress. Yeah.
0: And so you, it's interesting that you talk about your grades, isn't it? So again, I'll, I'll go back to the, to this little point that my son is interested in your world quite a lot and he's had the privilege and it is a huge privilege to come and work with you guys Mm. this year for for at least a couple of weeks now over the time and it's hugely inspired and so what I notice is that with 14 year old boy is that is that thing about you can try and get those guys to you can try and hammer them into maths or physics whatever it is you want as a parent but if you actually find a thing that they like and they go at it themselves, mm. and that's what happened to you, eh? mm. you know, that when you finally, when your peg finally fell into the hole from trial and error yeah. that fitted, you were away, weren't you?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think the universe has its plan, I think. But if it wasn't for Shabs, I wouldn't to found my course. I think mentors are a key signposts are, are, are really key as well and important. Having Callum do work experience for us is I don't have a younger brother none of us do in the, in the office and, and it was nice that we all took him under our wing and we sit back and see how Harry engages or Melvin engages or Jamie engages you see how they leave their impression on him yeah. as well and and I was just telling Callum on the way here like GCSEs he says he's got them into he says he's 14 and I'm like you're still a baby when you hear 14 and what I wish I had when I was coming up because I wasn't too great at my grades and GCSEs and I wish I was I wish I had more mentors yeah and I said to him I go you have a Great platform to launch from, not just because it's your father's head in the establishment, but more importantly, the people that he gets to work with, like Tom, Nancy, and Millie. I go, you've had, you've got a great environment to ask for people's advice and and grow from, and therefore their experiences. Because in ten years' time, he might not want to work here. No,
0: i, I got in, in two, <laughs> two years' time, I give him a choice; he'd work with you. No, so, so, but
1: so, no, so, what I'm trying to say is, he's got, he'll collect so much wisdom from everybody else. Sure that he can be confident enough or to think, you know what, I want to go that way. I want to go that way. Because I work with a lot of businesses. And I've seen how they mothers and fathers, they want their kids to pursue a certain thing like maths or finance or medicine. They might not want to do that. I think, I think as a parent, I'm not a parent yet back I sympathize with a situation that you've got to let them blossom in their own way. But I wish I seen Callum that I had those platforms that I had those mentors, so you thank me a lot and say sorry if it's been you know I hope he has it No, I think this is a great chance for me to impart my
0: little two cents of wisdom on him. So we so we and that so the concept of mentoring or get or helping to guide falls back into that that the, into the role of the custodian, doesn't it? So I I like I have always for a long time in dent, you know dentistry I, m- my background is is is, is is we, we were not wealthy as a family by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I was the first person in my family to go to university or to finish university. My uncle went and didn't finish. And so I got into dentistry and I kind of I couldn't believe where I was. And I still can't believe it. But I've, I've, for a long time, because it's been so good to me, dentistry, that I feel like I'm only like it's not mine. Dentistry is, I, I have this little bit of dentistry under my care for a little while before I hand it on to someone else. Is it, and, and what success would be for me would be to leave it a little bit better than I found it. And I'm 50, so I, so the guy, we've, one of our guys here has a huge success. He's a work experience guy has got into dentistry this week, Nikhil, which is a huge success for us. So dentistry's his, it's not mine. It's more his than mine. I had less time in it than he has. And that's what you do with Callum. Is you, you instinctively, even if you don't vocalise it like this, and maybe you do, as you go, I know what I went through, which we'll maybe talk about in a minute, and so I want to give you a leg up because if I do that, then my world will be a little bit better because you've got a little bit more of a head start. Mm-hmm. And as I finish, whenever that is, I can look back at it and say, in a very small way, I helped contribute making that better. And that's mm-hmm. got to be as important as anything else, doesn't it? Yeah, it's one of the. Yeah, I like that. I like that philosophy. You know, it's one of the things again
1: that I I connected with you about is is Seth Godin and, and tribes. And you say you say you want to leave dentistry a little bit better than you found it. I think you want to leave the world a little bit yeah, better yeah. than you found it. Uh, again, we don't know what, I, I have a boutique agency and what I mean by that, there's a small collective of us that we deliver. We deliver on our promise in, in high-end quality products, projects, films, TV, whatever, documentaries and, 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 and TV commercials. But it's that, it, there's a couple of things that you said initially, when you find something you love doing, there's that saying, if you love what you enjoy doing, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. If you can make the workplace a fun place, a learning place, but more importantly, you've got that same shared vision and goal, which I love, and you've got that embodied on your walls here. And, and everyone, everyone's just got a bounce in their step here. We go to some corporate places where people are, is, is there a bit, it <laughs> almost feels that like slightly suppressed. They can't wait to get out. They can't wait to leave. They, they just feel like they're a number. But what I love about coming here is people have got about in their step and they're happy to be contributing to that bigger vision. And that's what I'm trying to instill in my team as well. And and Callum coming in has probably been a little bit different for him, and he's noticed because one afternoon was we'll grab a basketball and go go because it, go play basketball for a couple of hours. That is more important than trying to hammer out another two hours of work because the creativity. How we're supposed to be creative. So. Yeah. Creativity, and I'd rather have that team meeting on the basketball court or over an Nando's or walking up the side of a hill. Um, it's those experiences. You know, I would love my team to see. You know, how you know everyone looks forward to 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 Friday and hate Monday. But what I've always wanted, and what I'm in a position to do now, is create. You know what, Monday's an exciting time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm I'm in a position. I'm fortunate to be in a position
0: where I can get. I can control that for... Yeah, do you know that for this- Sunday night feeling? I don't know if you've ever come across Sunday night feeling as a concept. That's how it was described to me. I, I, one of my friends who I qualified with gets his Sunday night feeling about 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning, and he's had it for years. And I, say, I said to him, if, you, if I'm getting Sunday night feeling at all, there's a problem. But if I'm getting it on a Saturday, I have to change what I'm doing for a living. Do you mean Sunday night feeling where I don't want to go to work at to- right. oh. Now, something that I didn't intend ever to touch on in this, but I am going to touch on it now, So I was brought up a Catholic in the West of Scotland, but my father was a Protestant. So my father was a Protestant heritage and my mum was a Catholic. And that was really quite difficult because the West of Scotland is very religiously divided as like Northern Ireland. And not the only reason at all, but one of the reasons that I ended up leaving Glasgow was because of my antecedents. So it was suggested to me that because I was a Catholic that I wouldn't progress very far in the organization that I was in at the time, which I think was not unfair to suggest that and I left a place where it was which was very religiously bigoted but not so racially bigoted because they were too busy being religiously mm. bigoted but you touched several times on on something cause so so I so I feel like I I can never understand what it's like to be Indian Punjabi trying to break into white television right but I can understand what it's like to be discriminated against for something that seemed to be outside of my control mm. like the primary school I went to so I'm interested into into how much you feel that was a barrier to you or, and, and whether you were able to draw strength from the struggle of it or whether it just has set you back further than you would like?
1: A very interesting question. Good question. I don't realise how much of a barrier it is to or entry to market it is or was until I started researching it further. And it's, it's huge, absolutely huge. British television has got a massive problem with showing diversity. It yeah. represented diversity. Lenny Henry, the comedian, yeah. has is been a massive ambassador of that. And there's a great book that he's done called Access All Areas. And him and Marcus Ryder talk about it in numbers. And British television has failed massively because of the hierarchical system that's in place
0: already. Yeah. Isn't that the problem? And it's not just or even so much the people on the screen, it's it's the people who are controlling the people on the street. isn't it? Yeah. Of
1: course. Lenny Henry, he makes this, he makes a couple of... Two things that really stood out for me was learned helplessness and learned optimism. If you go to Oxford or go Cambridge or you're brought up in a privileged family or you've got people in the industry, that's learned optimism. So you'll learn how to get into the industry and get work experience. Next thing you're working at Sky, you're working at BBC and... But then there's learned helplessness where someone's from a small town or city like Derby or Leicester or Birmingham, oh, not Birmingham, but uh, Coventry, for example, and they want to get into the industry. How is it possible for them to enter that? It's a, what I understood was, especially through procurement, you've got the channels that buy from studios, Yeah, they keep going back to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same. It's, it's a the done deal. Yeah. It's, it's the done deal, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And those Roots go deep, and and I think what's happening now is American television with the advent of Amazon and, and and Netflix and Apple and all the all the streaming sites. What's opening up now is those doors where like these American channels are opening up what diversity really looks like. Here's a show with a black lead, or here's a show with Asian li- Asian leads, and everyone's like, oh it works. And I, I think something like Squid Games being the biggest streamed show ever and that was in a different language that really shows that look what have you guys been holding back yeah. for so many years What yeah. it, it needs to catch up but in British television and film so much work needs to be done and and yeah
0: Is it getting better? It's no and so that's no terrible yeah. but that is then a demonstration of how much you are pioneering isn't it?
1: It is because when I released Get Gone I was surprised as to how many people from ethnic Minorities messaged me and said hey g you're paving the way hey g smashing barriers hey th- these were the words that were coming out great to see a punjabi doing this or great to see a c guy doing this and and I, I'm, I'm in a position where if i'm doing that now who will i inspire yeah. to come up and create a documentary on this or create a radio show on this and from from different backgrounds it's not just about being asian it's about do you have you got something important to share have you because getting in the industry is very hard doesn't matter what color you are but entry to market from an ethnic minority has been shown to be virtually impossible yeah, yeah. it really has
0: yeah but you what you need then there's so many things to try to burst that but what you need is people like you mm. because you need people so you that's what makes the success of get going and it's what makes your energy and your belief and your persistence so inspirational because how do you do that I don't know how you do that there's
1: the two worlds I balance now is is with creativity and business I'm a part of an organization MSD UK and um, they champion diverse businesses and uh, we talk about minority television and film but minority in business is a big thing as well in the corporate world top 500 companies the the procurement spend on diverse businesses was less than one percent what that means is more work needs to be done to approach diverse businesses whether they're Chinese Indian, black owned or or whoever, or women owned or, you know, diverse, it's less than 1%. In America, it's now an obligation by law. I was in Atlanta three years ago with MSD UK and the size of it was insane. It's now law that top companies, corporate companies need to have part of their procurement allocated to diverse businesses, selling them products or selling them and the numbers don't lie. So it's breaking that stigma. It's breaking that taboo. It's educating. I think. I think it. It's. It's the span is massive. It. You can't just say, okay, I want a diverse business. That diverse business needs to be able to demonstrate. Needs to be able to qualify. Needs to be able to have a portfolio. Needs to be able to uh, be competitive. There's so much criteria that that business needs to do. But then I think that taps into learned optimism. We secured a client, EY. They're a financial t- uh, uh, corporation. And they educated us a lot in terms of, look, you've got to structure your presentation yeah. like this. You've, yeah. got to, you've got to present like this. And that, without that education, we would never...
0: Yeah, and you're, you're denied that in theory because of the background that you come from.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So if... I would never have had that. So they were brilliant. And it was great. I was in Berlin a couple of weeks ago telling them, great,
0: you know, they, these guys pretty much spoon-fed us yeah. to, to be able to do business. It's interesting, with isn't it? If you invest now in in large unit trust portfolio. Now, on only in the last few years, you're liable to get 1% or 2% more return if you're non-fossil fossil? than if you are fossil. What does that mean? So one of the big massive things for climate change was for people to stop investing in oil. And so it has flipped now. So if you speak to your finance guy, we've got a guy that we work with called Kevin Holland, and he was brilliant. And, and at one point we said to him, anything that we're doing, I said it has to be ethical, non-fossil based. Okay. And he started laughing at me and saying, if I did you it, non-ethical fossil base, should get 2% less. So we've flipped that. Okay, that's very positive. If, yeah. you, if you if you research that and you do, information is beautiful. Or they'll tell you that all of the investment is going into, all of the high-level investments going into in moving away from oil. That's why now Shell are putting chargers up. It's why they're doing these adverts on the telly that say we're going to do this because they've been forced. And but the thing about climate is as an, another area is that it's not enough to wash our yogurt pots, right? This is what you're talking about. Yeah, We have to elect people mm. who believe what we're saying about climate and mm. diversity, right? Mm. We have to elect them. And they have to be sensitive because these are difficult areas to navigate. They have to be clever people. Mm. But we have to change the rules because that's only by doing that do you change society. Oh, 100%. And and I, and I didn't realize that that's where the podcast was going to go. And, I'm, and I do want to talk about you, but that is <laughs> fascinating. And so what what I um was very aware of, I think, back in the old days before we moved here and and there was very few people. I remember watching, as an example, Andy Murray, the tennis player, yes. okay? And there's a lot for me to like about Andy Murray, the tennis player. His backstory, his Dunblane backstory, the history of what happened to him as a child, his tenacity and how he moved to Spain to be a tennis player when, when he was 14 and mm. all of that stuff. Not a, a lot of similar to cycling, but he, when he started to be successful, he invested in his team. And not a lot of people saw what he did like that, but he spent an awful lot of money building around him a group of people that could make him a better tennis player and maintain him as a better tennis player wow. so from diet to strength and conditioning to coaching to psychology to somebody to organize the, the world around him so that he had the minimum amount of stress so that all he could do was play tennis yeah. very clever because you could have just kept the money and of course because he did that he became more successful He'd got yeah. more money right but i knew that we needed to do that and in and, and, and similar vein, right? So that's why Kevin Holleran exists in our world because mm. he, because I hate anything to do with money. So then I say, Kevin, you need to help us on that basis with that stuff. And that's why we have an accountant that we've had for so long because I can adjust them entirely. And it's why we have a group of people that, I never have to second guess these guys' motives. And that's who you are, that's how you're part of our team. Okay. I never would second guess your motives. I know that you would say, that comes back to, I know what you deliver. I know how passionate you are about what you deliver. I know that you understand that if you stitch me up, that would be the end of that, and you would never do that, and and so that's why we're so, such a privilege to work together, isn't it? Because it's not work, really. Is it? Yeah. imagine this, you're mm. doing this in your working day, and um. But what I'm interested in now is after all of this stuff, and then, you know, the the way you, the the journey it took to get here for you, and the situation that you have now, which if you look back ten years, is is probably unbelievably different to that one, mm. and you're traveling all over the place for all sorts of different reasons, mm. and and some of them. Philosophical and some of them legacy based and some of them Mm -hmm. want based. What's next then on the horizon? What's the big things that are next on the horizon?
1: I just want to touch upon something. It's it's interesting what you said. You get to a position in business where you realise money is just a byproduct of. You know, I know people who make millions but they're really unhappy. And we're fortunate where we're in a position where we get to choose who we work with, delivering on on our promise of of creativity. And it's always a collaboration. So it's one of again, it's one of the reasons why we love working with yourself and. And I think, how should I put this? I think we're in a position now where we get to choose who we partner with. Yeah. And we're very fortunate to be in that position. We're not for everybody and not everyone is our client. So we are very much in a privileged position to, to sit with the likes of self and your team. But again, talking about inspiration, we're massively inspired by the clients that we work with and you, especially. Again, I think before I talk about the future, but you know, something that inspires me about you, Colin, is you've always been consistently different. And I, I've i got a question on
0: wanted to ask you. Oh dear. Like, is that part of Nancy who's that we Are we allowed to do that? She's nodding it's, her head. It's,
1: it, you started from the bungalow. No, we're still and, way before that. And, <laughs> and, and and you you used to drive a, a Volvo. And, and there's nothing, it's all great. But 99.9% of the dental practice I used to go to was either a Merc or a Range Rover. It was, a, it was all that. No, nah, I
0: need to stop you there because I didn't used to drive a Volvo. I drive a Volvo now. I used to drive a Seat, <laughs> and the Seat was ten years old, and I would drive a Volvo because the Seat blew up. So we, so now I now drive a Volvo. It was a but, Seat. But you know what I'm trying to get at is it, you're disappointed. I don't have a Lamborghini. You no, know
1: I'm trying to get at is you haven't been phased by that. And I remember that's one aspect. And I was like, this this person's different. He's his mindset's different. I need to learn. There's something, but that's not
0: easy, is it? That's no. not easy to to so to be to live in that world and not be drawn into that world because it sometimes it's very hard.
1: I knew at that point I need. There's something that I need to tap into and learn from that. And I remember just to add to that, we was doing a, we were doing a conference in 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 Birmingham, and all the dentists were suited and booted. And I can't remember the client's name. They're not sponsored this podcast, so we won't mention the name. We were doing this big stand. They spent 50, 60 Gs on it, and we were filming, filming. And all I heard of my shoulder was that's a nice shot. And I turned around and it was you. And you were there with your walking boots and you, you had your North Face something on and, and Berghaus this and I go, Can't are you doing here? You go, I've just done a couple of talks. I'm off, I'm off home now. And again, that was just so different. And I thought to myself, if I remember, and the fact that that event was like six years ago and that's the only thing that I really remember. So, What has been your philosophy in not being afraid to be different? What, what is that? Because I really admire that.
0: And not being afraid to be. Um, I, I, I ha- I'm clear of, I'm very clear of what is, what the mission is and what we try to achieve as a group. I'm very clear about that. And my job as a custodian of that, and it was, and I, so I'm very clear on what I think we should try and achieve. And I think we can, and, um, so that I don't be distracted by that, um, by other people whose vision is different and whose mission is different. And so it's not that, it's not that we're different or dare to be different. I don't dare to be different. I just, I'm clear of where we're going. And if other people, if we inspire other people to copy us and they get better than us at doing what we do, that's a success, right? That's that's brilliant. Because that means more people get positively influenced in a better way and dentistry better. Yeah. So then we've won. Definitely. And so it's not a case of being fr- afraid that people will do what we do. It's hoping that we will all head in the same direction. So I don't, I'm not trying to be difficult or, or, or disagreeable or a deliberately obtuse. We're, we're just, we're clear of where we're going. And so things like I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't have any personal social media because I, because that's because I of my weakness. Potentially, I can't cope with personal social media. I, I, it distracts me. You have your daily blog there, right? I, I write it, but I never read it. Perfect. Um, so I, I don't know if anybody reads that. They do. I was but, in, I, um... but I don't check. I don't check that because I don't look in, I don't look tomorrow and say how many people opened the blog. I have no idea. Right. A dental practice thought
1: I was lying just to make conversation in Beryl St Edmunds I think I was around there and I said they go do you know from Derby and they go oh we know Colin Campbell we did the daily I go have we done work for them like have you or are you just trying to make... people from Barry St Edmunds talked yeah, about
0: but, your but I don't write that I write that for me um, that's, I'm very clear about that a lot of the time I'm happy to share it but it's for me it's for when I'm in the home yeah it goes for all that it's gone for it's for when I'm in the home and I can't move, and it's a two-part. Nancy, she's waving her hands at us, <laughs> and um, and so I, I'm so that I'll wrap it, Nancy. Okay, I, I am not. I'm enjoying this, I'm... and I, we can talk. I'm not trying to be obtuse, okay? Yes. And I think people think that I am. I, I appreciate the question because I know that there are many people who don't like or get or invest in what we do, and and I'm, I know that I am. There are parts of the world where I'm frankly disliked. And I understand that. Where was that? Oh, in dentistry. Really? Past- yes, they're, but, they're, I am not for everyone.
1: But everybody who comes here, every, all the dentists that we see come here, candidates who do your courses, they're like, we're proud to be a part yes, of this. of
0: course. And there is, we, a, there is a, a wonderful tribe, tribe of people yeah. who do that. And there is also a tribe who don't. And of course, that is
1: the way. Do, do you think dentistry has gone such a way where they feel like, oh, this is the norm. But when they see
0: you and think, this is a breath of fresh air. Um, welcome to the Government Samra podcast. No, I've, um, <laughs> I've always had I've always wanted to ask. Do I think that
1: dentistry... Everyone has this image of dentistry, uh, dental practice, Range Rover, staff, holidays, but then everybody who comes here, the delegates who do your courses, and, and there's hundreds of them, they feel really proud to be a part of your tribe. Do you think you're a breath of fresh air to think, you know what? You don't have to conform to a norm. It's about yeah. Industry. I think people
0: like that's a bit liberating, isn't it? To be a little bit different to that. I think people like to. I think. I think what the world, in some aspects, is becoming is more authentic. So I think it's now okay, isn't it, for Ben Stokes, the cricketer, to mm. stand up and say, "I really struggled with my mental health last year, and mm. I've had a lot of problems with it, and I took five months off, and everybody helped me, and now I'm back and I'm stronger." Mm-hmm. And people are now saying, "Well done, Ben!" Right? Mm-hmm. For 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 talking about mental health. And I applaud that. And there's a lot of that goes on at the moment, sometimes a little bit too much, but I do applaud it, right? Uh, especially for someone like him. And so for us to stand up and say, this is really hard and Dennis is really hard and it's really hard to be a dad and run a business and try to be a husband and try to be a dentist and do all that. So we're gonna share some experiences with you that might help you to make it better because mm. you're sharing the mistakes that we've made or some tips that we've got. And that's what we try to do. And definitely there is a trend of people that go, I'm going to buy that because other places are saying, buy this and you'll be that. And mm-hmm. That's rubbish, isn't it? That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so we've always tried to be honest, just the way we'd like to receive it. Always tried to be, an in inverted commas, ethical, whatever that means, Our ethical. And, and said, if more people come, we'll put out more chairs and if less people come, we'll take more chairs away. I'm never changing it. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be like this. If there's no market for it, it's fine. I'll just do my own little thing. Yeah. But we just tried to do it and it turned out that People a group of people were interested. See, for someone outside looking
1: in, you know, I, I talk about the Volvo, I talk about this, that, the other. It just seems, and this is quite, this is what I've taken away from you, how you inspire us, inspire me especially. It's like you've gambled on yourself. You've created a phenomenal that We've been to a lot of dental practices and they're great in their own way. But when I come in here, you know, the Campbell Academy and the Campbell Clinic, it's, and it really leaves that impression like, wow, everyone's happy. They got a bounce in their step. So you seem to have got quite a few quite a few things and when I talk about the Volvo I'm thinking that you've invested all that money back into yourself and into your brand into your Campbell Academy and Campbell Clinic and that is that is one of the inspirations that I take from from our interactions and when I see you in this establishment every time I walk through the door what's next
0: coming what's next for us when's the uh, the blockbuster
1: at the moment I've I've been categorized as making indie films and and I love that I get to explore. But if Marvel call me tomorrow and say we want you to make a Marvel film, I, they got my vote. I'm, if you need a
0: superhero, then you know I'm, I'm available. For
1: for us, it's now we made get gone on a shoestring budget. It's we've been able to demonstrate what we've done on 100k, and I, and I love this meeting. I won't mention the studio, but I was on a Zoom and there were all these. Uh, faces popped up in exec and talent this and talent that and acquisitions this and 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 I remember we were talking about get gone. They wanted to know how I came about with the idea, how how I came about managing it and making it. And then the exec who called for the meeting stopped the meeting when I said, Yeah, we we got it in for fifty three thousand. He goes, because how much did you spend on it? I go hundred K. And he goes, I thought it was half a million. And he goes goes what he goes, what would we be spending our money on? And that was a massive tick for me in the sense that I wanted to deliver something that had that value offering, looked more expensive than it was, but we provided something of high caliber. yeah, And that was massively rewarding. Making Get Gone on 100k, it's just opened up doors for me to now say to channels, this is what my next yeah. idea is for TV. This is what my next idea is for film, documentary. in You know, on budget, to their voice, to brand etc etc but it's really proved what we're able to do and they, you know what can i get in now for a million pounds again it's it, 100k sounds like a lot it is a million pounds sounds it's a lot not a movie making but terms, in movie no. filmmaking when you hear about the amounts that they waste is insane but
0: so the new lord of the Rings series on prime is a billion then. a billion and i happily directed that
1: um <laughs> but i think what i get to do now for the next few years is really choose some of the projects that I want to work on call them passion projects I think I've been capped at a million pound mark at the moment for pitching ideas and and that's fine I get to show them what we. I'll make a million look like five million and it's it's, it's everything that's right time we're learning I'm still learning
0: I've got Um, two questions left and we have to be quick because Nancy's rolling it up okay first of all what is you have to do this quickly this is quickly this is one paragraph okay what and no oh that's too difficult a question you're not allowed that what's your favourite film Goonies that's perfect okay perfect number one Goonies, right, every right. time. That's, I love that you can do that so quickly, right? Secondly, final question. After everything we've talked about yes. and, and, the, and, the, and the other conversations that we've had, I want you to go back, right, and to your twenty first birthday, okay. right? And I want you to sit across the table from yourself. Yeah. And I want you to give yourself one bit of advice. by more mentors find more mentors
1: find more mentors I, I think about this a lot spending time with Callum yeah I think to myself so lucky so lucky in the sense that he's got a reach of different people and personalities and I, and one thing I say to myself at 21 is find more mentors just to
0: ask him a question or just to be able to tap into him for advice along the way that's been the most extraordinary conversation I'm so grateful thank you for everything thank you for asking me All thank right. you cheers so guys I hope you enjoyed and appreciated that as much as we did I, I found some things out about Gourmet that I didn't know during that conversation and um, I have the pleasure of, sort of continuing to be associated with him and learning from him. So I hope that you like that. And if you've got any suggestions of people you'd like us to speak to, then we're happy to take those on board and try our best to, to facilitate it. So next time on the podcast, we will have Sarah Symington, who is an Olympic, former Olympic athlete, an Olympic cyclist in Sydney. But she is um, a really multifaceted, fascinating individual who should be fascinated to speak to. So I hope you'll be able to tune into that. Thanks very much for listening and I hope that we'll see you back here next time. Thank you.